guys and girls, and welcome to episode 75 of the F Reality Podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Anchor. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave us a nice review on iTunes. We'd really, really appreciate it. Thanks to everyone that's joining us live in the chat. Hello to you all. If you've got any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat and we'll try and answer as many questions as we can. But now it's time for me to introduce you to the team. First up this week... He's been slicing and dicing ninjas in VR and punching walls with his controllers in real life. It's, of course, the Rowdy Guy. How you doing, man? You all right? That's right. I've been uh, slicing and dicing. I like that intro. I like to be introduced as a, as a ninja. But uh, yeah, I've been, doing, I've been doing fine, you know, hard at work, making some content, bringing out some new, uh, some new videos, trying to switch up the content a little bit. So yeah, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been good. I've been good. Good to hear. Good to hear. And you were at the the reins uh, of of this fine fine podcast this week again. Once once again, once again, I'm I'm at the helm and uh, praying that everything goes well. Like <laughs> no pressure, nope. no pressure. <laughs> so next up, I've got a little secret about this next guy that you may not know, but he uh, he actually hates pigs <laughs> so much so that he flings birds at them using his slingshot. It must be a Dutch thing, I guess. It's uh, it's Nathy, of course. How are you doing, man? You all right? Yeah, so, sounds like something familiar. Right? It does. It does. Oh. <laughs> wonder what we that are, could be. We are basically what's left of the team. Where where did Zim go? Where is Zim? Where, where is Zim? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Hello, Zim? Hello? He, he's stuck in Canada right now still. Stuck? Yeah. He tried he to cross the river. But, but we did find a very nice picture of him. Right. Yeah, <laughs> can we can we describe it? Isn't uh, that a picture from Oculus well, Connect? He's he's not wearing all too many clothes. Uh, I don't know what all the women in the picture are doing, but uh, for audio listeners, I think that's a pretty accurate description of uh, what is actually happening in the yeah. picture. Yeah, <laughs> that's usually what he does when he's reviewing uh, experiences, right, on his channel yeah. and his Twitch. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So Zim uh, Zim is actually in Canada because he's. He's kind of scoping the place out because he's thinking about moving there. Uh, but he's back in the UK next week, so he'll be back on the show as usual. So uh, say hello to him. I'm sure he'll catch up live uh, at some point. So say hello to him in the chat if you're about. Uh, but last but my name is least, myself, host of the show, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. In today's episode, we have got a busy show for you. We're going to be talking more about Nathie's adventures in China, particularly around visiting a VR theme park, which sounds super yes. interesting. Looking forward to hearing more about that. We're going to be giving you the lowdown and all the details we know about Sanzaru and Oculus's newly announced title called Asgard's Wrath. So make sure you stay tuned for that one. And we're also going to be talking about a new headset announced by HP and much, much more. But before we get into what we played this week, I want to wish someone a very happy birthday. Very special person that's close to the show, friend of the show, Nathie's brother and manager, of course, it's David. Happy birthday to you. It was his birthday yesterday, so everyone wish him a happy birthday in the chat. Happy birthday. Yeah, he's we're always having, watching uh, live. We're having a Beat Saber party tonight. Nice. I, I, for, a moment, for a moment, I thought you said a pizza party, and I was immediately thinking about, like, Temple of Pizza, like, everyone oh, just eating pizza yeah. and 
playing Temple yeah. Pizza. That's that's one of the best games of this year, by the way. Definitely. Mm, definitely. <laughs> Whenever I think about David, I always think about the time that we met up in London and tried that horror arcade experience. <laughs> and we were just screaming in tandem, you know, yeah, terrified. Yeah. It was hilarious, but also very scary. Um, but yeah, let's find out what everyone's uh, been playing in VR this week and their highlight of the week. And of course, let's uh, fire it over to Rowdy first. What have you been up to, dude? Yeah, I've I've actually not played that many games. I've played uh, I've played a multiplayer title, but I haven't released a video on that yet, so I'm not going to talk about that one. But I wanted to, indeed to talk about Sorrento, uh, the Ninja Simulator kind of game that I played. And it's been like I think a good year since I last played that game, and I was impressed like with how much that game has improved over the the recent couple of months um basically i've played that together with a haptic vest they have full support for that and that was really an insane experience i think uh, to actually feel the bullets i wasn't really that impressed with all the accessories and that kind of stuff i tried it out but it really didn't it didn't really work for me maybe i don't know maybe my arms are too big or something i'm just too broad i just barely fit in the vest so i mean <laughs> everyone's cl- crying with laughter in the chat yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah just like the most amazing part was when they were shooting bullets at me that I could feel like the locations where the bullets hit me and I really checked in the game and it like was pretty much an identical match like with this with the space that I felt it so that was really really cool Um, and uh, I look like the Punisher when I'm wearing it so you know they have all the props already for making a successful product there Um, it's a win-win a win-win, win-win. I showed yeah. it to a couple of people that are not into virtual reality, that are not into gaming, but they would buy the vest just for the looks. So yeah, it does look cool. It does look cool. I think it looks cool as a as yes. a gaming vest. Yeah. Um. So with Sorrento, um, you know, like maybe you should describe it a little bit for maybe people that have maybe missed it when it first came out and yeah. have never heard of it before. Yeah. Well, I think that Sorrento is one of those games that like kind of like threw everything that everyone was doing for virtual reality overboard, especially in terms of mm-hmm. locomotion, since they have. First off, they have like so many forms of locomotion, but they can go really to the extreme. So as a ninja, I think that's kind of normal that you need to go to like the extreme while you're murdering people. Um, but it's it's really pushing it to the next level. You can do backflips, you can do front flips, you can do side flips, you can do gliding, you do uh, you have like like that dishonored um, teleport kind of blip. Thing. It's like uh, a dash, yeah. Like a dash. That's what I meant. Yeah, you have that. You have regular locomotion. You have jumping and real high jumps. You have double jumping. So they have really a ton of locomotion in there. So I can imagine that a lot of people immediately would get motion sick in that game. I, I don't have that. Uh, I don't have motion sickness in any kind of title. I've only experienced it maybe one time with with Nate playing Serious Sam. But for all the rest, I've never never ever had a, a, a motion sickness. So I can't really say if this game has optimized it in a certain way that people who usually get motion sick, they don't get motion sick. But for me, it was an incredible experience. I really felt like a superhero. Then you also can slow down time to like dodge bullets, to like slice them away with your swords. You have so many weapons in this in this game from shotguns to Uzis, to pistols, to katanas, to uh, even like certain kind of forces that you can also have. Um, but the, the best parts for me were just the katanas and like slicing towards your enemies and um, yeah, amazing experience. Really cool game. 
Yeah, I totally agree. You know, that, that feeling of using your pistols at one moment and then switching, switching. and grabbing your katana behind your back and then slicing someone is really yeah. satisfying well, gameplay mechanic. you're doing it in slow motion, doing a backflip. Like, you can do all those motions so smoothly and so quickly that it makes it, like, so... Yeah, you really feel like a superhero playing that game. Yeah. Puts Another mechanic that I thought... Way. Yeah, it was really cool was when you can jump and kind of slide. Yeah, yeah. So it really feels like a kind of like an anime manga mm -hmm. epic scene that you've just carried out. You and, know, and, you're sliding along the floor. They do that in a really smart way. So it's not just you need to press a button to slide. No, it's really like you would do in real life. Like when you're snowboarding mm -hmm. or something, you need to crouch down, get low to the floor so you can slide on. And then you can uh, turn yeah. in your slide and you see like the little uh, from your, the metal on your shoes. You can see like the little like sparks, the sparks like flying off yeah. like so. So well That's done. Awesome. So much attention to detail. I, I love that. I love that. It's one of those games that, again, you know, like we've talked about it before, but when you empower a player in VR, it's very, very satisfying. A bit like Super yeah. Hot. It really empowers you as a player. And it's the same with this game. It makes you feel like a badass. And that's yeah. kind of what makes this game so cool. Totally uh, but agree. when you tie that together with using a, ha a haptic vest and actually feeling stuff, when you take that experience to like the next level. Yeah. Uh, so totally it's a very cool experience. Yeah. 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 Nice one. So, in in terms of the the haptic vest, do you, do you sort of get gets the thumbs up from from you, or you, you yeah, said you didn't so much like the accessories? The the vest definitely. I find the accessories a bit too too cumbersome uh, in a way that um, I mean it, it's a prototype, of course. So everything is still vouched for changing. But um, what I what I kind of like would like to see is something a little bit more. Um, like with the vest, it's less noticeable. You know, you put the vest on, and it doesn't feel like you're having something really extra. I know it's a bit heavy maybe because of all the equipment that is in there, but with the accessories, especially the ones around my arms, I really had the feeling I was being limited in my movement a bit more, mm -hmm. which I didn't really like. Uh, the head accessory is cool, but I don't see myself using that every time um, either. Uh, so yeah. the accessories are for me, yeah. a maybe, but the haptic vest for me is a definitely yes, definite yes. Yeah, I mean, maybe they should add some sleeves to it. Yeah, but that, yeah, but then it would be be even bigger, I think, because you still need to have all the sensors that are vibrating in there. So unless they can make those those sensors smaller or maybe less yeah. intensive, that then needs to be flexible too in a way when yeah. you move. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I totally feel the same way about the the head. You know, like the the facial interface bit was quite uncomfortable. I felt over a certain period of time when you're playing for longer sessions. Mm. So I kind of ditched that. I did like the sleeves, but again, I get what you mean. It's just another thing you have to consider. Whereas just zipping up a vest is is really simple and easy to get yeah. into. And also, um, one more thing is um, that what I really liked is that Sarento had uh, full support. So that's not for yes. every title. They do work yes. with audio. Uh, so you can play. Like, I played some Beat Saber with it, which I thought was really cool. But f I also played like some Contractors with it, which is a first-person shooter that is not supported. But I, although the shooting was cool, I didn't really like that. I felt like all of the noise around me. I, I wasn't really a big fan of that. So I, I really hope that more developers would embrace a technology like this and develop, you know, for the for this specific vest rather than. Yeah. Um, than just audio. I know that Zim is very big on like, you know, the audio like adds to the experience. And I agree with that for certain games, but I, I didn't really feel that in like a first person shooter. I yeah, I totally agree. I, I tried it out with contractors as well, using the audio only mode. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it picks up a lot of background noise. So your, your vest is constantly rumbling, whereas really it should only rumble when something happens. Yeah. But when you fire a gun or something like that, it felt really nice. Really good. And I actually, yeah. 
I actually contacted the contractors, developers, and said, look, I've tried this haptic vest. It would be ideal for your game. Um, but they said they didn't have access to the vest right now. So when they have access to one, maybe, or maybe they buy a developer's kit, then hopefully it'll get implemented in the future. Yeah, awesome. so, so someone in the chat is asking, is this vest better than the sub pack? Uh, I think you should explain the differences between those two. Yeah, definitely. There is big differences between the two. And I haven't personally tried a sub pack or a Woodger vest, but uh, Sim is a big advocate of the sub pack. Basically, uh, the, the B Haptics vest uses an array of little motors. There's 20 on the front and 20 on the back. And it's very precise. So like Rowdy says, when you get shot in a certain area, you'll feel it in that location. But it's like a rumble, like you would with a rumble controller. Uh, but with the sub pack, it basically uses audio from the game and uses two big uh, tactile transducers, which are like subwoofers on your back. So you get a lot of feedback, very intense feedback, very powerful, but it's just running from the game audio alone. So you can't implement it uh, to just make that rumble or, or impact when something's happening in game like you can with the B Haptics vest that's very precise. So that's the big difference yeah. between the two. Actually, the, the B Haptics vest can pretty much do what a sub pack can do. It's, it's, a, it's a haptic plus a sub pack suit in one, I would say. Yeah. But it's not but, that intense as a sub pack with a, with a base because there is no real base in there. Mm, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I'd imagine a sub pack would be more powerful, yeah. but you get the precise uh, feeling yes. with the B haptic. So it's yes. like, it depends which way, what you want out of which one, basically. Um, but yeah, what about you then, Nathie? Uh, what did you play uh, this week and what was your highlight? Yeah, so uh, again, uh, right now, uh, the releases that are coming out is it's okay uh, it's it's still a bit you know silent on steam and oculus home and everywhere else uh, angry birds was the the, the the big one this week i would say mm -hmm. everyone knows angry birds and uh, it's a it's a good title it's what you what you expect right well, if you played the mobile version um, it's the it's the same in vr the only difference is, is that you can since it's a 3D world, you can uh, teleport to different locations and pick uh, uh, angles to, you know, strike. Plus, you can use your play space, and it feels more alive uh, in a way, I would say. And uh, funny enough, I also played that with a haptic suit, <laughs> <laughs> so you can feel when you, you know, work? when you you feel the pigs hitting you now. <laughs> no, no, no. But when you when you hit like the constructions, you 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 feel the impact the and you feel the yeah. explosions happen. But uh, Angry Birds does not officially support uh, a haptic vest, but you can uh, use a, a program like the Subpack does, where it's just you know grabbing the audio and it just vibrates. It's it's a bit random, but it. It, it, it does the trick. Uh, but yeah, Angry Birds, uh, solid title. Um, I don't really have much else to say about it. I know you played it, Mike, but it, yeah. It, yeah, it's just Angry Birds in VR. Uh, and maybe there could have been more. Um, yeah. Because like the world you are in, for example, is, is static. It doesn't really move. There, Let's yeah. say there are no... Uh, if I would be a developer, I came up with like weather conditions where you're on this island and you suddenly it starts to rain or it's getting windy and you have to work with that. Or there are like seagulls trying to block your view or, you know, things like that. But in the uh, end, it's really about you mm -hmm. using a slingshot, shooting the construction and try to score those three sides. I, I saw some some videos of people playing it. I didn't play it myself, but I was kind of surprised like that they only went for like more like the standard game. I mean, they have 
50 levels, right? So I, I can't have seen all of them. Um, but I know that because I played like a ton of Angry Birds, you know, during my times on the toilet. Um, so I was wondering, <laughs> like, don't they have like more like like space levels or underwater levels or these kind of things? Like, is that uh, this is like the basic? Old? This is like the OG OG Angry the Birds original. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bit like what Nathy said. They played it very safe with this one. You know, um, I, I completed it actually. I finished it in just over an hour. Uh, it does have a weird difficulty spike about end of the second world it does have like four worlds but you know they don't really play around with the physics or anything like that like they did with the original game like in space and these mm, things yes. uh, you do get access to different birds later on but you know they're the same birds from the original game yeah. but what kind of uh frustrate or disappointed me in a way was that they didn't try anything new or exciting and plus like it doesn't really reward you for getting the three stars in every level so you don't have any achievements no. in steam you don't have any reward system and um you know this wasn't the first angry birds game we had in vr like there was another <laughs> one called vr furballs uh, that was actually way out way before this one. And they do a lot more interesting stuff with the mechanics and level design. Mm. Um, so, you know, if you're a fan of the series, you know, maybe go and check out that one as well. Uh, it's well worth uh, checking out. But it's more like, I would say, a family game. You know, it's great for sort of swapping between, like, uh, a family, letting the kids get involved. Yes. And it's that kind of easy, accessible game yeah. for that and kind then, of And the price they, tag they put on it also is just, you know, it's balanced. It, it makes yeah. sense for what you play. I do feel like they could have done more with, let's say, there is a storyline, but you got to just read it on Steam to find out. Um, but when you play it, you're not in a cutscene or anything. Or and, and I thought that was a shame. They, they could yeah. have really uh, done more than just you uh, shooting with the slingshot. And there is nothing going on in, in between the, the levels. And as you said, yeah, I tried to get all the stars like in the, uh, in the game. And yeah. Because I know from the from the first Angry Birds game it was very important to get all the, to get all the stars because otherwise you couldn't unlock the next world. But mm -hmm. in this case, it's so arcadey that you don't even have to do that. So you can just you know like like score one star and still move on. And uh, yeah. I thought they could have spiced it up, uh, maybe in the menu with some settings there, and just go for a family friendly mode, and then one where it's more uh, it's more spicy. And the the best uh, thing I found out while I was playing this is that uh, Angry Birds VR has no uh, restrictions, no boundaries. So you can you can go wherever you want. You could stand in front of all those constructions and shoot from up close. And the game doesn't <laughs> even punish you for that because I think that when they made this game. They um, they thought that people were only going to do it like standing. Oh, uh, they, but if you have a if, a if you have a room skill know. area, you can just go wherever you want. It's so odd. I was like, why don't you just block it off? They, they don't. It's so it's so odd. So yeah, as you said, it's a family friendly title in where you can also cheat if you want. <laughs> I do not support cheating, but I had to try it for science, and it does work. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. heck. Yeah, no, I totally agree with what you said. Totally. Um, I'd love to know what everyone's been playing in the chat as well. So uh, I'll we, we have one. Okay, we go have for one it. Comment. Yeah. Um, so uh, Watauk, our loyal, uh, one of our loyal uh, listeners and yeah. viewers, um, said that he played Garn uh, Overload in VR and Assassin's Creed flat version. Rest yeah. of the time was spent turning my Oculus home into a man cave. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I always liked that. Nice. Yeah. Importing models is is a lot of fun, especially when you get into it. 
Yeah, like yeah. like you said, Rowdy. I think uh, last week or the week before, when you get into that rhythm of it, uh, of finding a nice model, importing it, scaling it down, testing it, yeah. and then getting it in there and looking right, it's really satisfying. I've seen yeah. you started doing that as well. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yes. So after last week's show, I got a DeLorean in there now, and I got like I couldn't get uh, Ed two hundred nine because there isn't a good site that sells one, like a good ah, okay. version of him. Okay. So I got another mech robot that looks kind of similar and had him in the middle of the home. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen mine by now? Have you seen it? I have. Yeah, I saw your little video clip, so I saw all the the oh, references yeah, 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 in there. You got a mashup yeah, yeah, of all yeah. sorts of stuff in there. Yeah, it's, it's everything nice. is in there. I am, I am still really tempting to share my my first uh, design of my my room before it like officially disappears mm. oh oh the the the, the man the bald yes. headed man one oh yeah, yeah you should you should keep that you know you can have multiple rooms you oh you can it. so i yeah, can, you can. Yeah, i could yeah. save it up i should i should it's, yeah it's, save it's that hard. one it's a it's a living nightmare you should visit it for sure <laughs> yeah did anyone ever i'm not sure maybe i locked it but i should open it up so people can can go in there it's, uh, it's i did a little clip of it once um, it's, it's a living museum it oh yeah it you is. did and you also made a video about it exposing me yeah, I did. Yeah, great. Um, you. So, uh, so this week uh, I played quite a bit in VR, but I, the one I want to talk about uh, that was really my highlight, I think, was uh, Emu VR, uh, which is basically a, a retro gaming emulator for virtual reality. And basically, you have like an '80s style bedroom that you can decorate with like posters. You can change the bed sheets. You can um, do all sorts of stuff to customize it the way you want it to look. And then you can have retro consoles in there that are basically emulators for uh, games that you can download, you know, you can find yourself. Uh, but basically it has retro consoles like uh, the PlayStation, uh, the NES or Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, the SNES or Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the Genesis, Mega Drive, you know, N64, the whole works. You can even play videos in there like a retro VHS wow. player. Um, and I've tried something like this before. There was one called... Uh, a new retro arcade neon oh yeah and basically you had a, an arcade and you could customize all the cabinets oh, for your yes. arcade games uh, but i found that quite complex and in the end i ditched that project so um but this was super easy like messing around with emu vr was super simple uh, and basically once you've got it all up and running it's very easy to use and i was sitting in my office here on the floor with uh, my uh, controllers in my hand, just like I was as a kid, you know, sitting in front of like a big CRT screen. <laughs> and I was playing like uh, Mario Brothers and um, like Resident Evil 2 on, on the PlayStation. And, and the mechanics, the way they've designed the consoles to look exactly like the original consoles do. Uh, and with the PlayStation, you press the, the open button, you put a disc in, you close the lid, you press the power, and then you get that iconic opening screen, you know, mm. with the Sony logo. It's very, very cool and very immersive. And I spent hours in there just playing games. It was a very cool experience. And right now, this this uh, MUVR is is completely free. Um, wow. You can download it yourself if you go to MUVR uh, website and then email the developer for an invite to their Discord. And then in the Discord, there's a download link. Um, and it's a single developer that's made this, by the way. So I was really impressed with what they've done so far. There's still some work to be done. Um, if you enjoy it, then you should really support them by Patreon and sort of. Yeah, know, I think uh, it makes sense to support them that way because I don't think they can really monetize this stuff anyway. So uh, maybe supporting yeah. them if you enjoy what you played. And yeah, I would totally do that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's very, very cool. And it's kind of one of those things that you could easily get lost <clears throat> playing these retro games in that kind of little bubble world that you've created. And then even when it gets dark, you know, the the, the, the you can put like little stars on the ceiling that glow in the dark. That, yeah, that was awesome. Very oh, cool. Dude, that's classic. Yeah. That's the so one what, what makes VR often so cool. Like it's just like that attention to detail. Like it's mm. a, it makes it feel like a, a breathing, living world. Like 
Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, so uh, let us let us know in the comments uh, uh, in the chat what uh, game, what classic game you would play first mm. in, in VR on that you know tiny screen sitting on the yeah. floor. What, what, what yeah. platforms did they all have now? It was like did they also have, for example, on Xbox? No, so the more the more modern day consoles. I think uh, the PlayStation was the most latest one. Yeah, uh, I know people would be interested in like Dreamcast and stuff like that. But there's all there is a an emulator you can use in VR called Dolphin VR that does Dreamcast. Uh, yes. I think, but it's, uh, or is it just Nintendo Wii? I can't really remember. It's just like legal stuff is getting in the way after a while. If you if you go too much into it, then you know the old yeah. school stuff. Really old school is usually fine, but. I, I know that a lot of uh, those those emulator websites from the past have been all, you know, they disappear because, yeah. so. Yeah, really by rights, you should own the game as well before you start downloading these ROMs as a disclaimer out there. Um, but yeah, it's a kind of, a, it's, a, it's a gray area, but can be a lot of fun once you sort of delve into that sort of world. Um, definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, so let's move into some quick news then. And first up, we've got some really cool news uh, that's definitely going to keep the VR racers out there happy. And that's because this week we got some great news from Oculus and Codemasters stating that Dirt Rally 2.0 will be getting VR support. And this is really cool because the game actually releases the end of this month uh, for those listening on catch-up maybe. It's February 2019. However, getting VR support... Uh, will be added around summertime. Um, and this is really good because originally they stated the developers, uh, Codemasters of Dirt Rally, said that this wasn't going to get VR support at all. Uh, and they were only going to consider it if they got you know feedback from the community saying that they wanted it. And thankfully, there was a really big kickback from the VR racing community as Dirt. Having just tried it this week for the first time with a full racing wheel and pedals and gear shifter and everything in VR, it's an amazing experience and definitely one of my uh, favorite sort of experiences when it comes to being really immersed and terrified in a VR game because uh, it is quite scary. You really don't want to crash uh, when you're, you're, <laughs> you're flying down those stages in Dirt. But um, yeah, I, I was really, really happy to hear that they're going to finally implement it because a lot of people out there that have really dedicated sim races, they they maybe had three monitor setups previously and they've kind of ditched those for a VR headset, you know, whether it be a Rift or a Vive or a Windows MR because it's just so much more immersive. And there was a, a petition on change.org that had over 5,000 signatures from dedicated fans saying, we want VR support in Dirt Rally 2.0. And it just happened yesterday that Oculus announced it alongside Codemasters that they're going to be adding it in the summer. And it does seem, though, that the Oculus pushed this, and it's kind of like a partnership deal like the original Dirt Rally is on you know, the Oculus store, that it seems that Oculus maybe are funding the VR development side of the game. So it looks like... It's a very smart thing to yeah. do on both sides. They made a quick deal then within a week. It must have been going on behind the scenes for a while. I think. I feel because, like I feel like there was more. Yeah, definitely, uh, because this game was announced maybe like four or five months ago. But they told people back then it wasn't going to get VR support. Um, but yeah, maybe Oculus have been working on that deal behind the scenes. But maybe it means that this game is going to be o uh, exclusive to Oculus for a little while before it comes to Steam with VR support. Obviously, you can use Revive and stuff like that, but it will likely be on the Oculus Store first. I think. It is again, though, very good news for virtual reality because I think this is like maybe one of the like the best and most popular racing series out there. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, yeah. Impressive. Yeah. So congrats to you all out there that voiced your opinions. If you got involved and did this sort of petition, then congrats to you. And nice work to the devs as well for listening to the feedback and, and trying to work out a way to get it fixed in the end, which they did. So hopefully see you all on the rally stages this summer. So, so awesome, news is that, awesome news there. Um, I've also got some really funny news uh, this week about SteamVR uh, because they, <laughs> they had to push an update to SteamVR to, uh, to, to update the lighthouses. So if you use a, a Vive or a Pimax, you'll know what the lighthouses are. They're basically the tracking system for your headset. Uh, but basically, it's because Beat Saber players were exceeding the lighthouse tracking capabilities by moving so fast playing Expert Plus mode on PC. So absolutely mind-blowing. So um, Upload VR did an article about it and got in touch with a guy called Ben Jackson, who is uh, working at Valve. And he basically said uh, the tracking system has internal sanity checks to identify when things go wrong. One of these checks relates to how fast we thought it was physically possible for someone to turn their wrist. It turns out that a probably motivated human using a light enough controller could go faster than we thought, which is 3,600 degrees per second in rotation. <laughs> so it's amazing that, yeah, it's amazing. It's like, it's like VR and Beat Saber are pushing humanity to the next evolution of speed for our species. <laughs> We're breaking the boundaries. So well done to you guys and girls out there that have been doing that. It's interesting what kind of data comes in at the Valve office right now on, on Beat Saber, what people yeah. do and how they behave. They're actually working on like a military contract for the next generation of superhumans all trained in virtual reality. Yeah, they'll become fighter pilots because they can see things so quickly, you know, and analyze them and move. I, I think with, with all those movements, you could even like uh, power a hover dam, maybe. <laughs> You're like generating enough electricity. Yes. They're yes. going to start yeah. a Jedi Academy for sure. Yeah, they should. Um, while we're talking about Expert Plus mode in Beat Saber as well, it's also available on PSVR this week. Uh, just dropped. So if you've got a PSVR, you'll be happy if you're like a an elite Beat Saber player as well. Um but we've also got some uh, news for Oculus Go owners uh, because last week we said about the recording function uh, added audio to recordings on the Go. Uh, we were all really happy about this, and uh, Nathie and I both tested it out this week. But sadly, it seems that the recording capabilities on Go are completely broken with this new update. Is that that's right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, instead of it does add audio, which is great. You can watch these recorded clips in VR using the headset, and it works fine. But when you try and transfer them to PC, uh, the file's completely messed up, and you can't open it with any program. So yes. um, Oculus are aware of this, uh, and they're going to be looking to push a fix soon. So if you're affected by this, you're a content creator, don't worry. There is a fix coming. And uh, hopefully, it will include all the audio that we've wanted. Uh, so it will make life for us very easy in the future, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, but whilst we're on the subject of Oculus, uh, th uh, there was an update to Oculus Rooms, which added uh, board game Monopoly Deal uh -huh. uh, to Oculus Rooms, which yeah. is really cool. And I, I, you know, Oculus Rooms still is one of my favorite mm. experiences in VR. You know, hanging out in that environment, yeah. playing board games, and just chatting while you're playing board games I feels agree. so natural. And that sense of like presence with your friends is is really really awesome and and the audio quality is great as well which Dude, really makes it as i said great. like yesterday when we were playing this new monopoly board game in in in, uh, in the oculus uh in oculus rooms uh i said like this is this is way better than than 
all the experiences I, I had so far socially on Oculus Home with my Rift. Yeah. It just blows yep. it out of the water straight away. Even after the Oculus Home update where you can customize it and meet your, your friends, there's nothing else you can really do besides Look shooting up. your laser guns and do some basketball. But every time you go into Oculus Rooms, it's like bring those board games to Oculus Home. Start with that yes. and, and then improve from there. Uh, yes, it's been it's been like a year or longer that this Oculus Go came out, and yes, and Oculus Home is still they 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 promised this friend system from the start when the Oculus Rift CV1 launched, and they they still haven't delivered on that. I would say, uh, I can yeah. I cannot even uh, when when I for example see Mike in my Oculus friend list, I can't even send him a message. I can't do anything uh, at all. It's only accept your friends. And then maybe join a party, but it's so so basic. Uh, mm. There's a lot of work that can be done there. Yeah, and but you just look at Oculus rooms. That's that's yeah. all you have to do. Bringing board games to Oculus Home is would be, would be already a, a great start. Yeah, That'd especially be. now they've got like uh, the Hasbro games like Boggle and now this Monopoly game. Yeah, um, but it does seem like the the departments within Oculus that work on these uh, things are separate. So you have a team that works yeah. on the Oculus Go and you have a team that works on Rift, and they're very separate. I think, um, but they Maybe could they definitely learn a lot from each other. Each other yeah. sometimes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. sure. But. Um, yeah, I was excited about this Monopoly game because I've been asking for Monopoly in Oculus Rooms for forever. Uh, <laughs> it's not full Monopoly. It's like it's called Monopoly Deal. It's basically a stripped-down version of the game using cards, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, I played it with bots, but I also invited everyone over to check it out. So I invited Nathie over, I invited Rowdy over, and also Megan from uh, my community Discord. She's a moderator there. Invited her over as well, and we we're going to hang out, just chat and play Monopoly Deal on the goes. And uh, unfortunately, we will have... <laughs> Well, well, no. Let's get to that. Rowdy is a very sore loser, by the way. Can we just can we just highlight that for a start? Um, but it's funny because we were trying to play this, uh, but we got about twenty minutes to thirty minutes into our session, and three of the four of us had our goes completely overheat, um, so they couldn't continue to play anymore. And this was a big problem, right? This is a big problem for well, for Oculus the, Go. The, the game length game. doesn't match with the battery, basically. Or is it the yeah. other way around? I don't even know. But well, this uh, this overheating, like when it when it happens, you know, many people may have not experienced it before. But basically, you get a warning uh, pop up in the headset saying your goes overheating. You need to stop playing, basically. Um, and and this is all due to the the heat dissipation system that the go uses because instead of using an active cooling system like a fan in it to keep the noise down and the weight down, they basically have a heat pipe mm. that goes to the very front. And the whole front plate of the Go is uh, like, a, like a heat sink. So it dissipates the heat through the front. But the problem is it obviously isn't doing a good enough job to prevent it from overheating in social applications. And we've had this before in Oculus Rooms, but we've also had users report this in using big screen as well, especially when you've got other people involved and you're using the chat function. Yeah. Uh, it tends to overheat it. And it's not that we were doing anything special now. We weren't recording, we weren't no. charging. It was just regular gameplay that we were doing and still the headset actually overheated after about 20 minutes. Uh, yep. and was unable to- I, I, I think in the end, that's the, the Oculus Go, it's like weakest point. Um, I, I also heard from people that were watching Netflix and can't even finish their series because it's overheating. Um, mm. So yeah, the, the battery length or the, until the battery is so hot that it's like, hmm, okay, let's stop is sometimes, it depends. Sometimes you're super lucky. Uh, mm. In my case, when I played VR desktop, it was getting so hot that it just stopped working. But yeah. Um, and it 
it's weird because it's, it's kind of cold here in the UK. It's cold in Europe as well. Yeah. You, know, you would have thought the conditions were ideal for something like this, but um, you know, in the heat of summer, I can kind of understand and I can kind of say, of yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's kind of a bit is of a shame. You know, they release this amazing game that promotes being social to eat with each other, but then you can't physically do it because you have problems. Yeah, like so I say, someone, three out of four. You need someone in the chat the says, maybe a new product, the Go and Chill. So that's like the Vive and Chill, but then the next. Yeah. I mean, some company could come up with something, um, mm. I think. Yeah, well, you know, Palmer Lucky uh, modified his Oculus Go to add a fan to his. Uh, and I've been looking at ways of doing that, but it looks a bit more complicated than I originally thought. So gonna be. I don't know. Mm. Let it. Yeah, sort it out, Palmer. Yeah, show me the way. I, I got him on Twitter. Um, I'll send him a DM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's some uh, quick news this week. So for the releases this week, there's there's not been that much. I mean, we've already talked about Anquipers, so that is one of the titles that is indeed now available. Um, the description reads there. Join Red Chuck Bomb and the Blues to save the stolen eggs in Angry Birds VR Isle of Pigs, which is an immersive virtual reality adventure. I think we all know Angry Birds. Uh, I have a trailer for it ready, but uh, I don't think I'm going to show it because everyone knows how it looks. Uh, $14.99 uh, Angry Birds, if you like shooting them, then uh, go into the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you gonna, you're just going to pass on this one completely, Raddy, do you think? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to play it. Like, I mean, um, Imagine a, a person holding a slingshot, shooting it. There's like a bird flying at a construction. Boom! And you get points and stars. Mm, satisfaction. And you want to progress to the next level. But then, then that one is so hard that you can't. And that's it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Did you ever play Pebbles? Uh, I have not. I, I also okay. think it's just not really like my kind of game like uh, that I like to play mm -hmm. in virtual reality. Um, well, I mean, maybe I would still play it just to test it out or do like a one episode on the channel uh, just for fun. But uh, it's not the kind of game that I would, for example, turn on just to like be like, oh, you know, let's let's have some fun. Like, uh, I don't know. It's, this is the kind of game that I play on the toilet. That's just how it is. Like when I'm bored at work and I need to go to the toilet, I play that. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Am I? All right, moving on. <laughs> um, next up, we got uh, Intruders Hide and Seek. Um, I don't know if a lot of people actually heard about that game. Um, it's coming out for the PlayStation VR. I think we showed one time a trailer uh, on an episode, right? Uh, Maybe, yeah. Correct, during like quick news. Uh, I got a trailer for that ready, but that game, in my opinion, looks really amazing. Uh, it's coming out 13th mm. of February. Uh, let me just find a trailer for you so I can put it A on. pleasure for the eyes. It, it kind of reminds me of that uh, Jodie Foster movie, you know, like a panic room. Yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's it's basically Home Alone with a horror twist, right? That's that's yeah. how you would uh, oh. have to describe it. Wait, I'm, I'm going to turn the trailer on. There we go. So uh, the description reads: Intruders Hide and Seek is a first person uh, is a first person stealth game, an intense thriller combining intense psychological terror with the point of view of a defenseless boy. And I also found that in 2016 that they won the Fun and Series Award from the Best University Project of the Year, the PlayStation Talents Best Game for the Press Award, and the PlayStation Talents Best Game of the Year Award. And in 2017, wow. it won the Gaming Best Pitch Award at the Whoa. SXSW 2017 Festival. So I think it's awesome. I think it's right to be a little bit hyped about this kind of product. Um, of course, I haven't played it. I don't know if it's actually amazing, but I like the concept of it that you're actually not able to do anything and you only need to get into the game and like try to like make sure you're not found and like try it's basically slender man meets home alone 
meets Resident Evil, right? That, yeah, that's yeah. Because, it. like you said, you, you play a a boy who's just completely defenseless. Yeah. His house is being invaded by like intruders, and you just basically have to hide from them. Yeah, hide and seek, yeah. basically. Um, now yeah. it is coming out on the thirteenth of February. Um, there is not. I have not really found a price for it, but when I looked at the German Amazon store, I found that it was available for 19.99 euros. So um, I think it would be roughly about uh, the $25 price mark, uh, if that price is yeah. correct, of course. Um, the next up was uh, Tetris Effect. Uh, well, it's not coming out, but you have a free weekend trial demo that is available up until the 12th of February. Um, let me have, I think I have the trailer. It's, it's already out, you mean? It's already out. It's already out, yeah, okay. but they have a yeah, free yeah. weekend that is a, a, available up until the the 12th mm. of February. So Yeah, people... definitely. If you, if you missed it the first time around, uh, definitely jump on this demo and yeah. check it out. Uh, you know, Tetris Effect is one of those games that you can really get sucked into that so world. Yeah, they have yeah. so much stuff going on around you as well while you're trying yeah. to focus on the game yeah. that it makes it very, very cool and immersive experience. A lot of people kind of uh, uh, have very mixed opinions about this game. For those that really played it, they really love it. For those that haven't tried it, they just go, ah, it's just Tetris, you know. But I think you really have to experience this one, and that's why we kind of urge you to check out the demo. And it's it's not only the, the VR version, it's the, it's the full the you know, the full uh -huh. game you can play just regularly as well. So there's really no uh -huh. reason not to just give it a try. Um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, pretty amazing. And then uh, another title that I found, uh, I think we talked about this a little while ago as well. It's uh, Eden Tomorrow, but I think we highlighted it during uh, Quick News, if if you guys remember, uh, this game mm -hmm. is actually coming out apparently on the 12th of February. Um, I didn't first find a link. I only found like a link from uploads that was saying uh, that it was releasing on the 12th of February. But um, they actually released a trailer about a, f a few days ago. That was actually, um, it looked pretty amazing again. And there they indeed state that it's going to be released on the 12th of February. And this is a game that is developed exclusively exclusively for the PlayStation VR. It is a story-driven sci-fi action adventure. Uh, imagine you crash landed on an unknown planet, a completely different world. You also have amnesia, you know, like just for, for old time's sake. And you don't know where you are, you don't know who you are, and your only companion is a talking drone. Welcome to Eden tomorrow. That is their, their tagline. Um, so yeah, I am quite excited about this one as well. It looks like a very polished title just in general. Yeah, mm. and there's a, there's a free demo for that one as well available on the PSN. So if you're interested, you can go and check that out and maybe buy the full game if you like it. So yeah. we're definitely getting, uh, when we talked about it before, we were, we were getting Robinson the Journey vibes from this one. Yeah, exactly. Mostly because of the uh, of the little robot that we had like flying around. Like it looked pretty much mm. the same as, uh, as the one for Robinson the Journey. Yeah. Yeah. Cool week to be a PSVR owner for oh, sure. Cool week, cool year, yeah. cool yeah, like two, three years almost. My days. But there's still many people out there that dismiss the PSVR. But then oh. again, they're, they're mostly people that have never Wake tried up. it. I would say. No, 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 no. Not just only people who never played VR. I've seen so many, so many PC VR owners saying like. Oh yeah, you know, I'm sure they they do great stuff, but their community is super small, and they can come back when they are more, you know, respected. They have no clue. Some people have no clue how big PSVR is. It's huge. It's massive, guys. Yeah. Seriously, they. I think they are on top of the ladder. Yeah, of, of for uh, sure right now. 
for sure, without, without doubt. They've, they've got the highest number of sales. In terms of sales, in terms of pretty much everything that has to do with virtual reality, every major title is on that platform pretty much. So Plus they they have a very like uh, cool guy, uh, you know, Shuhai, who's also promoting VR in such a nice way. I think most uh, companies like, uh, uh, you know, Oculus and Vive, and they have no, they have not their own Palmer Lucky uh, uh, anymore, so. Yeah, maybe Vive as Elvin Grayland. I think he's kind of like a, a nice guy and does cool uh, stuff. But overall, it's not like, you know, there is someone you're like, oh, yeah, that's the guy from. Yeah, I think I don't know when we talked about this. I think we talked about it like uh, just casually when we met up last week sometime. We were talking yes. about this, that, um, that the Oculus don't really seem to have like a front man, you no, know, no. like uh, Nintendo have Reggie, you know, mm-hmm. Sony, like you say, a shoe high. You got these like big iconic characters that are at the front of it and dishing out all the news and and they're the kind of person you trust yeah. to give you all the latest information from that company but but oculus doesn't seem to have that really it doesn't seem no. to have that person that really represents them and gets up and and and, and sort of says this is what it's all about and gives like sort of weekly yeah. updates like a, like a community uh manager in a way like kind a community of, yeah. guy yeah it doesn't really have that but yeah, yeah it, it would do well to have someone like that i think, I think. so yeah um, and while we're, we're talking about Oculus, we might as well talk about one of our first main topics this week, and that's Asgard's Wrath. Yes. Uh, because last week on the show, we were talking about this mysterious door that appeared in some people's <laughs> inventory in Oculus Home. You could put yes. the door up there. Many of us, including myself, were trying to open this thing, thinking it was like a portal to Narnia or something. Um, <laughs> we but it was just really a, it was, excited. Yeah, we were. They got us triggered. Yeah, mission accomplished. Um, but it was just a tease from from Oculus and Sansaru Games about an upcoming title that they were working on together. And we found out that this this week that that title is called Asgard's Wrath. And we've got some information to share about the game, as it seems to be way much more than just an average VR brawler, which it might appear to be on the surface of the trailer. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely more to this game, and, and I've got the information to share with you. So uh, Asgard's Wrath is going to be a, a Norse-inspired action-adventure RP- with RPG elements that has over 30 hours of gameplay. And the game kind of like anchors itself in visceral physics leveraged combat mechanics that really reward player skill and encourages physical movement and sort of getting involved. So you won't be able to just wave your controller around like a feather duster like you have in the past and successfully like slice through just hordes of enemies. You're going to actually have to learn how to fight properly in this game and move around your play space and become good at like parrying and countering attacks uh, and effectively working with melee weapons and shields, which, you know that's going to be your. In a way, makes sense because you know Valve is soon going to have their Jedi Academy, so they need to you know bring something to the table as well to make sure that you know they can beat the Jedi's from Valve. So, <laughs> uh, exactly. But it seems like they've they've done a good job because this is really aimed at uh, mature audiences, which is welcome, uh, since it's more mature players that are owning VR headsets right now. And it's sort of like a very stark contrast to their previous game, Marvel Powers United. Um, You know, that game was more arena-based. It it was very sort of casual gameplay, even though it had some advanced movement mechanics. But this is going on the opposite side. It's it's a big adventure. Uh, It's got really visceral and violent combat mechanics that have got a lot of blood and gore and look really satisfying with, like, dismemberment. So you can actually chop enemies' heads off and arms off and limbs off and stuff. It looks really cool. Um, But also it's got this kind of story to it and other elements. So I'll talk more about that now because throughout the course of the story, you uh, unlock mortal heroes. 
Uh, and once you've unlocked them, you can actually play as them. And it seems that these mortal heroes will have unique abilities that are unique to the, each character. And some will have abilities that you can use to go back to previously completed areas to unlock new areas within those to explore them more and earn rewards through exploration. And they're really sort of pushing that, that if you explore in this game, you'll be rewarded for it, which is really cool. And that's where the, the RPG elements come in, I think. Um, but also you'll be able to swap between being a mortal character on the ground and fighting like melee fighting with a larger than life god type character that is huge, uh, way bigger than the mortal character. And you can interact with the world and work together with your mortal character to help sort of solve puzzles, overcome challenges and sort of advance through that world. And um, although in the, the trailer it's not really conveyed uh, they've really highlighted the fact that this isn't an arena brawler. This is going to have progression and actual levels. Because um, so that was kind my, of my first impression as well. Like, is this going to be like an arena brawler? When you when you watch a trailer, you would get that impression a little bit, especially because you could see like the delineations of the of the arena in every fight scene. But I specifically asked that uh, you know, is it going to be like a brawler? Is it going to be like more uh, free in the open? But it's it's really not only a brawler and. Uh, I'm actually really excited about the title like this coming to the Oculus. I just find it weird to see like how far like Oculus has progressed coming from like, oh yeah, we're like seated only coming to something like like mm. this, you know, like or standing only. I, I find that like, uh, yeah, it's, mm. it's a huge leap forward that they, that they, you know, try to remove those shackles of like, you know, uh, you know, people have been asking for experiences like this for such a yeah. long time. Yeah. Let's go and give this one a shot as well because yeah. they they definitely became more loose than they than they were before. And and yeah. and uh, if I look at the trailer, you know, uh, this trailer is way better than the Marvel one. Also, gameplay wise, the gameplay you see, it's easier to see what's going on. The the, the Marvel trailer, like the animations were great, but yeah. the moment you went to the gameplay, it was like so zoomed in and it was like what's going on. But this looks way better. Um, I'm going to hold off my 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 opinion for now. I want to see some gameplay for. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but I do think this would be a good moment for Zenzaru to prove themselves, uh, to show that you know they they not only uh, make a Marvel Powers United title for the arcade players, but also something that is more uh, accurate, more like a simulation and yeah. uh, moving away from that arcade gameplay. Well, so I have to we'll say, though, it, it seems like they took like the the good parts from Marvel Powers United, which I think were like the character design and the way that they put like the different powers and every character had its unique kind of abilities that they kind of implement that part in here as well. As you can see, like, yeah, the it trailer has itself, its similarities have, like, for sure. Different characters, yeah. different, uh, uh, different powers, different, uh, you know, a ranger, you have a mage, you have like a fighter, you know, th those kind of things. And I'm, I do find that um, good because you get different kind of play styles. You get much more out of a out of a game by just playing different kind of characters. So yeah, I think. But the key to the different characters, what they've said is that they're not going to be available like a roster at the beginning. You get to choose your character. You have to work to unlock these characters, which yeah. is great, yeah. I think. Um, but also, while you're a, a god character, while you're sort of like a you know the larger than life character, you're going to be able to capture and convert animal sidekicks and have them as allies as the mortal player. And these animal sidekicks, you can give them high fives you can play catch with them with enemies heads which is really cool and uh, i guess they'll also help you in battle which is uh, a neat little feature uh, but something else that's kind of an unusual feature of this game that also really sort of piqued my interest is uh, asynchronous multiplayer so how this works is that as you journey through the game on your own uh, playing with your little 
uh, animal sidekicks, uh, sometimes you're going to get killed because some of these enemies are going to be really brutal and difficult to defeat. And when that happens, it'll be game over, but there'll be a little um, marker placed where you died. And then when other players get to that point within their game, they'll come across that marker and they'll have a choice. They can either fight and, and take on the enemy that defeated you or they can pass it on. But if they fight it and they win successfully, then your fallen soul will be granted passage to Valhalla and then you'll mm -hmm. unlock uh, unique rewards that are only available for doing those kind of missions, uh, which seems really cool. It's kind of a bit like Dark Souls. I don't know if you you ever played that. But... I was thinking it's a bit like uh, like uh, you played Shadow of Mordor as well, right, Mike? Yes. Yeah, like because I, I saved you. I saved you a couple of times in that game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You like died, and I could like you know avenge your death there, which is mm. a yeah. concept because it's 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 multiplayer in a in a very original way. I think. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I think it's cool. I think uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, it's definitely one that is sort of going to be added to the roster of exciting upcoming Oculus games alongside Defector, Stormland, and the title from Respawn that we still don't know much more about right now. Um, but it's going to be coming out in 2019. Uh, it shows right now on the store. It's going to be available in July, but apparently, according to the developer's Discord, that is a typo. Uh, so we don't have any fixed date just yet. Uh, it is going to be playable at GDC. So if you're going um, then and you get hands-on with it, then ah. we'd love to know what you think of this game nice. for sure. So we might see some gameplay coming from, from there. Yeah, just like uh, when they did a little pop-up um, with PAX and Stormland, yes. they allowed sort of people to play the game and record it and yeah. you know, stream it. So hopefully we'll get more gameplay from GDC, which is in March. Just be sure to hide the mouse cursor. Yes. <laughs> yes, pro tip. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this one. What do people in the chat think about uh, Asgard's Wrath? Are they excited uh, about this one? Well, someone says, uh, I want rubber weapons like Garn. <laughs> oh, and and then another comment minotaur wants a high five yeah uh so yeah and uh they loosely called out blade and sorcery in the oculus block article so the physics should hopefully be as good or better and uh someone says that the character the girl looks like alloy from horizon zero dawn yeah mm, that's true and uh that's that's about it yeah yeah yeah, but no, I'm looking forward to this one. I think uh, it looks it looks very cool. Definitely looking forward to skill based yeah. combat. Uh, I think skill that's, based. that's the most exciting thing for me. Yeah, not sleep based. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that is Asgard's Wrath coming in 2019. Hmm. Um, so let's talk about uh, another headset. As if we haven't talked about enough VR headsets this year Wait, so far already. Another one. Another one. Oh. I think in 2019 we're going to be spoiled for choice when it comes to VR headsets. Uh, it's going to be an interesting year for sure for VR, I think. Uh, but this new headset from HP uh, is what they're bringing to the table as their second iteration of their Windows Mixed Reality headset. You know, they've already made one already. Uh, I think it was called the Explorer, the HP Explorer, their mm. previous one. But uh, again, it's going to be on the Windows Mixed Reality platform, which means that it's going to feature inside-out tracking, and it's going to be very easy to use and easy to set up and very accessible to people that just you know want to casually play the occasional game, get in and out of VR really quickly, not have the hassle of setting up sensors or lighthouses or base stations or whatever. Um, and the thing is, like, 
initially I wasn't a big fan of the Windows MR platform. You know, I bought a Dell. Um, I wasn't very happy with it. It, it took like have, a week or two. Yeah, it didn't have Steam support back then. And, uh, yeah. you know, since trying it when I visited Unity and, and Papa Voodoo uh, showed us his uh, Samsung Odyssey Plus, and, you know, it's, it's apparent that they've made huge improvements to the Windows Mixed Reality platform. It's way more legit now. Yeah. Like, I remember us talking about first this this name being confusing and all those headsets, like, well, what are these and what, what what's their goal? And now it's way more clear um, yeah. where they are in the market and they are here to stay as well. I see so many, many mixed reality headsets. Yeah, I still think the, the Odyssey Plus is my favorite. Um, it's got built-in Bluetooth, which makes a huge difference. So you don't have to mess around with a, a Bluetooth dongle anymore. Yeah. And also the, sc the screen resolution being OLED panels, very, very vibrant display, uh, and built-in audio as well, which is great. So Inside-out uh, tracking is the best. It's great. It works really well. It, you know, again, you shouldn't dismiss it, like, you know, even though I did previously. Uh, I'm a believer now in Windows <laughs> ML. Great. Um, but this new headset from HP is codenamed uh, Copper. Um, the pictures and renders you might have seen show it as all white. That's just a, a, a render. They haven't released the color of it or oh, what material they're so going to use on it yet. Could be pink, could be black, could be blue. We just don't know yet. Glitter. Um, but it looks very similar to an Oculus Rift in that the head strap has like Velcro yeah. fasteners at the sides and built-in headphones and obviously has the two inside-out tracking cameras oh. at the very front. A little bit curved as well, a bit like the Odyssey. Yeah, it looks kind of nice. Um, Road to VR actually got hands-on with this device at the HP headquarters, and they were able to compare it side-by-side -side with the Odyssey Plus. And um, if we compare the specs, the uh, Samsung Odyssey Plus has uh, an OLED panel, like I said, but the resolution of that panel is 1440 by 1600 per eye. Now, this new HP Copper headset features an LCD panel, but with a resolution of 2160 by 2160 per eye. So Dude. almost double the resolution of the Odyssey Plus, which is also, is, is a fantastic headset right now. So it's going to be even better. Um, it's going to use uh, Fresnel lenses, uh, as we know, with the, the Rift and the Vive currently. Um, the field of view is going to be uh, the same as what we know and love right now with 100, 100 to 110 degrees. Uh, with HP stating that their feedback from their customers and uh, sort of you know consumers saying that they want higher resolution rather than field of view right now. So they're going with what their, their customers are saying, uh, and that's what they're delivering in this headset, it seems. Awesome. Their customers are, yeah. So, well, I think they've got a lot of business customers as well because this is going to be releasing for consumers and enterprise. Uh, they've got a lot of uh, enterprise packages for businesses because uh, obviously Windows MR is very accessible, very easy to use. has that flip up as well, which is uh, nice for some business users. Um, but we don't know if that's going to be incorporated in this headset yet. Um, but all we know is that it's likely going to be releasing pretty soon, I'd imagine, if uh, they've been testing it out already and showing off these leaked renders yeah. of the headset. So Exciting. Yeah, we've got that to look forward to, another headset to uh, to add to the collection. I think we're going to need more space, Nathy, if we're uh, going to collect them all <laughs> like the Pokemon. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so now let's talk uh, to Nathy about his adventures in China, uh, because you spent some time out there. You, We talked last week's show about you visiting Pimax headquarters and the factory there. We got to learn a bit behind the scenes of Pimax yeah, and what it's like, like uh, sort of right? gearing up. Yeah, we left you on a cliffhanger because yeah. this is where the really juicy stuff comes in because you visited <laughs> HTC as well. Yes. And you also went to 
one of the world's first VR theme parks. Yeah, the biggest one out there, actually. The biggest one. So, so where do we want to start? Do we want to start with, with Vive or do we want to start with a VR theme park? Well, warm us up with HTC and then okay. and then give Dang us the it, good I stuff. Just change the, the title to the theme, theme park. park. <laughs> oh, sorry. Dang it. Sorry. Dang it. Sorry, Rowdy. Happens, you know, <laughs> happens. Okay, so um, yeah, I uh, I visited the uh, uh, office of Vive in China in uh, in Beijing, and they have more offices. It's it's not their their only one, um, but it is one of the the biggest uh, the biggest ones. And um, yeah, so uh, I spoke to uh, um, uh, Graylin, you know, the the president of Vive. Oh, you um, met him there. No, he wasn't. He wasn't there. He was in America, uh, but he did wanted to meet me. He actually wanted uh, to tour me around uh, instead of one of the other employees. But they did a great job at it too. So, uh, is is Mike still alive? By the way, oh, I think my uh, he looks my, a little. Uh, my my Skype just crashed. Confused. Yeah. Okay. Fine though. So, <laughs> nice one, Skype. It looks yeah. Pretty, so, oh, there yeah, he is again. We're back. There he is again. We got it. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I went to uh, the HTC Vive office and uh, they, um, before they gave me a tour, um, I went into a um, meeting room where they gave me a presentation on what products they sell, like the, uh, the Vive Pro, the, uh, well, the Vive Focus is a development kit, so it's not out yet. Um, also, of course, the, the Vive Vanilla, the Vive Pro I, and the Vive Cosmos coming out, well, mm -hmm. soon. Um, so they 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 showed me you know stats of how well they uh, are are selling all of these headsets and they showed some trailers and just kind of summing up what what their mission is in in the VR industry and what they do uh, it was quite interesting uh, I didn't I didn't expect that uh, that that was going to happen because at Pimax it was a total different like every company has their own approach of you know um, inviting someone and then so I I think it was super professional uh, really nice. And um, I got to give some feedback on, um, you know, uh, on what I think of their products and uh, how they are getting sold. We had a we had a very um, solid discussion about the the Vive Pro being that one headset uh, most consumers got confused about because a lot mm -hmm. of people thought that the Vive Pro was for consumers or prosumers or. Um, well, um, in the end, I found out that the marketing strategy they used for the Vive Pro was the Chinese strategy, and they used that in Europe and in the US. And that's why it was a bit confusing in the end. Uh, so um, yeah, they, uh, they, they really appreciated the feedback, and, and, and I, I think they, they, they really got what I was talking about. And I don't think, I, I don't think everyone is, uh, you know, sometimes brave enough to give some feedback. Uh, I'm sure that, let's say if you would be a smaller content creator and you get invited uh, by, uh, by Oculus or HTC that you're like, okay, you know, I'm gonna play it cool. I'm not gonna say uh, anything uh, that, that's kind of out of my uh, safe zone, but I'm really a guy who likes to give constructive feedback and let them know what they can improve, you know? Um, so um, yeah, we had uh, we had some 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 uh, good uh, uh, tradings there. Uh, Just to and touch then on I... that quickly, um, because I think I think the biggest issue with the the marketing with the Vive Pro in particular was that they marketed it as a uh, enterprise headset, but in all their trailers, 
exactly. they should have gaming. Yes. Right? I think no, that's the right. point that you, you were yeah. making, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and thanks for, for adding that. Yeah, that was exactly the, the thing that happened. Uh, well, for them, that's the way they market towards these these enterprises. Uh, mm. Let's say it's, it's, it's a pretty hipster way of, of doing it, but apparently that's what enterprises are, you know, uh, going, going for uh, in a way. So yeah, um, then I got the tour at uh, at HTC, um, and uh, yeah, they uh, let me try all kinds of stuff. Uh, I got to try the the Vive uh, Focus with that six DAF upgrade kit, so you can oh. play with controllers. Uh, funny enough, uh, the controllers I used are very similar to the ones from the Vive Cosmos. Yes. So. Uh, and I also said that, but of course they had no comment uh, on that. But <laughs> so you didn't like, get mm. you didn't get to try the Cosmos then, or, or get to touch it. Uh, no, 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 I didn't. Um, because I mean, right now it's it's not it's still in development. So mm-hmm. um, they did tell me that they're also working on hand tracking. Okay, and they do some some AI stuff, but uh, that's all I can say. But they they did say they were working on that, and that's kind of cool because that means there's more going on than just them making headsets or um but the the people that worked there were super nice and um the most people weren't in the office because it was right before the chinese new year so uh, it was quite quite empty um but yeah you could really see that most of the most of the space uh that they use in the office is for the vive x program for their investment uh, program. Yeah. So if you are a developer from the US, from Europe, from China, you can get money from HTC to develop your um, you know, your own experience, your game. And that can be healthcare, tourism, educational stuff, uh, everything. So if, if HTC sees the value in what you do, you could get you know, an investment from them. So I could really see that that was a big part of, of their operation. And um, I also went to Vive Studios. And funny enough, like Vive Studios made uh, the Ready Player One experience. And when you think of Vive Studios, you don't really know what that even means. What is Vive Studios? Uh, And then I went in there and I was like so surprised. Like, oh, so this is Vive Studios. There were like around, I don't know, like six to eight people working in that that office. And they were creating content and they were also publishing content uh, for the Vive part. uh, platform but as i said before like vive part here in at least in europe and also in in the us it doesn't feel like it's extremely popular or it works that well i do know that some people have a subscription there and they they enjoy it but overall most people use steam and and not they don't go to vive part as far as i know um but when they you know spoke about their platform vive part um Vive Art is super big in China, and that's what I made it for. And sometimes they just create something in China, and why not then also bring it in, in to the US and Europe to see if it you know, works or not. Um, but almost every headset in China works with the Vive platform. Mm-hmm. So let's say they have standalone uh, uh, HMDs there, they have mobile ones, they have PC ones, and they all run on the Vive Park platform because it's the only platform in China with content from everywhere around the world because they told me that if they publish titles, um, they also work with developers from uh, from America, for example, like Polyar Games, who brought mm-hmm. Moss to Vive Park. So 
the the Chinese people they really enjoy also you know Western uh, titles. So they have a very big market there. And uh, I also noticed that uh, since Oculus has a hard time to get into China, they have the Oculus Go, right? They have their own version of that. Um, But overall on the PC side, they cannot penetrate the market. So Vive is on top uh, of the the food chain at the moment. Uh, Pimax is also rising up, I noticed. And uh, of course you got the, the Shadow VR and those headsets are also really, really big there. So you see that the market there is different um, and that um, Vive at the moment is not really competing with anyone, I feel like. Uh, it is getting, of course, uh, it's, it's getting spicier and spicier because as you said, like HP now has a headset too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the Odyssey, they have the Odyssey there. They have all the mixed reality headsets there. So yeah, it's it's quite interesting to see uh, what they do from their side. and. Then it makes once again more sense why Viveport is around and why it works really well there and maybe not so well here. Um, so yeah. Um, and how about the uh, the PlayStation VR actually? How is are, have you heard anything about that there or? I I don't I don't really know. I did see some people with a PlayStation VR, so they are getting sold uh, for sure. Um, I I think that the PlayStation VR is super big in Japan, of course, because mm-hmm. Sony is a Japanese company. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like I, I haven't met with anyone from Sony in China. I would of course like to know more about the console uh, market too there. Uh, and another surprising thing that I noticed was when I was at the office, they had all the headsets there and they were not hiding them. Or I was like, maybe they do. I don't know. But they were just like, oh, we use Samsung Odysseys and we 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 uh, use this headset and that headset. They had all the headsets laying around and. Uh, of course, it's their competition, and they can learn a lot from their competition. But mm-hmm. they were using them all. Uh, so, yeah. so I've got a quick question about uh, the Focus, because you said you used it with the Sixdoff controllers. Yes. What sort of experiences did you try? So I didn't try that much. Uh, I tried uh, a Ready Player One uh, um, experience, and I mm-hmm. also played a shooter that was like extremely popu- popular there. It reminded me a bit of the... Um, uh, of one of those arcade shooters when you went to an arcade and you had those two guns that you had to yep. hold together with your friend it was kind of like that you were shooting a little bit and then you went to the next area uh, but it like was crazy popular there like time That's, crisis almost yeah yeah and i was like but this this particular game would not work in our market it, okay I, I was like hmm, it's fun but it's kind of arcadey too i don't think people would really be impressed but there it was like a major hit Right, so okay. it's 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 a little odd sometimes, and I also spoke to them like it's like um, what um, what do people like to play, you know? And they said like you know they like they like shooters and adventurers just like us. But what they also do is when they own a headset, they also go to arcades regularly, and that's something we don't really do because honestly, if you have a headset, you're like, why would I go to an arcade? I have a headset. That's yeah. our first response. Not like, oh, let's hang out with friends because it's fun. Well, over there, it's already a cultural thing to meet up and play VR there, even if you own a headset. But I think in the Chinese culture that has always been there, you know, internet cafes and uh, e-spart uh, hotels, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's something that is big there. Um, so I was surprised that that's really a thing. Plus, um, mixed reality is... Super popular there, more popular than here because they do a lot of TikTok videos with mixed reality. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's a that's a great combo. I never thought of that, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's the thing. They even had a mixed reality studio in 
like the the office uh, itself where they were recording things yeah that's awesome so that's yeah awesome. that's that's a vive um you know the vive office in a nutshell i will be uploading a video tonight if you're curious um but yeah, super nice people, uh, really cool. Uh, it's a shame that I uh, didn't meet Graylin, uh, but I, 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 I'm sure I will uh, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, if you've got any questions, by the way, for Nathy uh, about his visit to HTC, because we're going to be moving on about the theme park shortly. So just chuck them in the chat and maybe we'll come back to them in a little bit, unless you've got any questions right now that are obvious. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so yeah, let's go to the juicy stuff. Juicy stuff, yeah. <laughs> VR theme park, the yeah, biggest is, VR can theme I, park. Can I change the title now? <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. Go this for is exciting. It. I'm looking forward to hearing about this. Yes. So, as I said last week, uh, I went to Nanchang, and Nanchang is the VR capital of the world, with more than a thousand startups located there. And one of the startups is a VR theme park, and uh, you need to kind of. Um, Picture this, where you have a, a big building, like a big, big like warehouse with all kinds of neat VR simulators in there. Crazy experiences. But before you enter this warehouse, there's a giant robot standing in front of that building wel welcoming you. Like some kind of Iron Man robot holding a big sword. It kind of looked like a Gundam character. Yes, like a, yes. A Gundam mech, yeah. <laughs> and um, that kind of welcomes you. And then there's like a big staircase with like VR on there. And uh, yeah, it really feels like you're, you're, you're stepping into a different world, into mm. a, a futuristic one, I would say. And um, the moment you enter, you first see this uh, measurement system where you have to check if you're tall enough to ride everything. Like where you are you? In a... Casual, yeah, yeah. Close, close though. I think Mike would have a problem as, the, as a hobby. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, so I, I went to the desk. I got a ticket to, you know, get in and also a mask for uh, the clean uh, part because, of course, everyone is using these headsets. And uh, I, uh, I had to enter by scanning my face. Otherwise, I could not go in. <laughs> Um, so they scanned my face. Uh, it's funny that I went uh, to this uh, VR theme, theme park twice. And the second time I went in there, I saw my old photo from the last time I There were, there were already uh, 3D printing in AT. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. So uh, then, then I got into this... Um, like uh, lobby with like lights everywhere uh, and, and, and just pulsing and yeah, like, like something from, from, from another world, next, next level. And um, in, this, in this VR theme park, you have over 30 uh, different uh, rides you can, you can try. And uh, I think I, I, I just jumped into all of them. I tried at least. Uh, one of the highlights, uh, I would say, uh, would be the Beat Saber Arcade. Um, I'm sure everyone heard about those arcades. It's, uh, uh, yeah, how could, how could I say this, what it looks like? It's it's like a uh, an arcade from the past. It's like Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah, it's like a, a, like a, a, a new version of Dance Dance Revolution, but then with Beat Saber and with that red and blue lights uh, uh, going all over the place. And uh, that was amazing. It... it of course, if when you're in VR, you don't see this 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 design. But the people that walked around there, 
I noticed that almost all of them got really, you know, attracted to this Beat Saber arcade. It it pops out from all the other simulators there. And of course, you can hear the, the famous music from Beat Saber playing through the entire arcade. And you kind of just need to follow the, the music. And then you see those arcades and it's amazing to see all these people playing next to each other. Uh, it's, it's so magical and makes you like so badass too when you're playing on it. It makes VR cool. And I think that's what this VR theme park did so well. Make VR not look mm. like a gimmick or something that is kind of, you know, silly. No, it's like super badass. Like extremely yeah. bad. The, were the experiences the experiences themselves also really good, or were they a little bit like like they could use some work, or were they like cool? some of them were better than others, uh, and that mostly that that mostly depended on what headset they were using, mm. okay. because some headsets are not made to be uh, in an arcade. They can't like last for a day and give you that solid tracking or that great frame rate uh, and the I think the best performing HMD uh, there was the Gear VR ah uh, yeah and that that makes sense uh, I was like you should use more Gear VRs and yeah you don't have the positional tracking but uh, it, it does the trick Most so yeah I, I uh, and next next to trying the the Beat Saber arcade I uh, I went on that slide. There's like a funny meme video of that, of someone like screaming on this slide, yeah. going down super fast. They got one in uh, London, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they actually imported that that one from London to Nanchang. And yeah, super funny, really funny um, to to try that out. And people were like looking at me like, what is this guy doing? I, I feel like it's weird. Like I felt so tall in, in China because most people are so, you know, tiny. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I'm like a giant, right? It's uh, so. What about this uh, huge robot arm that we've like we've we've showed in in the thumbnail yeah. of this video? Like that looks like insane. That looks yeah, just so, completely insane. So that robot arm is a is a is a, an arm from Kruger, and they also use these arms for um, uh, manufacturing cars. If you have ever seen a video yeah, where yeah. cars get made, you see this arm like you know super super fast, like putting a door in there or painting the car. They use it for everything, for the heavy lifting and super precise, right? So they they bought one um, to um, modify and put a chair on the front that you can sit in and. Uh, to feel the g-forces because this thing is so fast that it just shakes you around <laughs> and drops you and um it was it was so intense so intense and uh, they played a ro roller coaster uh with this uh device but it looks it reminded me of that that uh, device that that simulator they use in assassin's creed yeah right yeah like if I if I jumped on that thing, I, I'm just gonna repaint the whole wall, you know, with my vomit inside well, that thing. It was intense, I can tell you yeah, that. It was intense, and it was also the last thing I tried because I knew that was going to be mm. the the most crazy thing of all. Um, but impressive, and they spent a lot of money on it. I think it was like a hundred k, or maybe even more. I don't know, but uh, it was one of their, of course, like uh, um, show off uh, things. Mm. Um, but it delivered, yeah. It was uh, it was nice. But they said that most people that went to this arcade, they spend around fifteen minutes in VR, and the rest of the time they just you know they go to the restaurant or they go to the shops uh, because uh, people there they don't go to this VR theme park once. 
Now they go more than once. It's like, oh, hey, this was fun, um, but let's let's go again later. Um, so because like it's a not that expensive. Yeah, 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 it's like a hangout. It's like, as I said before, like an uh, an internet cafe uh, mm-hmm. in 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 a way. But uh, the craziest the craziest thing I tried was me sitting on a broomstick with like little ropes on the sides pulling me up and down, pulling me up and down. I was in some kind of uh, I was like a witch, and I was in a Harry Potter experience, flying through the air, and there were like uh, there was a wire going on, and I got shot, and and uh, super super mental stuff was happening. And I can tell you, some of these experiences were so intense, so intense. I was like, how can people even bear this? Well, yeah. others were fine, but you know, you can say whatever you want about some experiences, maybe pushing it to the limit and being really intense, but. This VR theme park is pushing it to to the limit in the end. It's like mm. that's that's what I like so much about the Chinese people. They are not afraid to try. I think if you would do this in the US or in Europe, they would be like, "Nah, let's tone this down because uh, you know, that's not ready yet." Well, there they're just like, "Okay, let's just try everything and we'll see how it goes and we'll learn from there and improve yeah. from there." And so were they surprised when you went on this like broomstick thing that 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 Draco Malfoy turned up and actually got to try it? <laughs> <laughs> I should make I should make a print screen of that and post it. You should. That's uh, <laughs> actual hack. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I roasted you too, so I mean, yeah, you, you can have it. Certainly fair, fair and love, love and all. But, um, uh, so, the, the juicy the- part. Do you want to hear the real juicy yeah, part? Yeah, sure, sure. Are you ready for this? I am so apparently Pimax owns a part of this theme park. Oh, nice! So, so they're investing in that. Yeah, as well. they are invested into this uh, theme park. And then you would think that you only see Pimax headsets. Well, that wasn't the case. I also saw Oculus, Rifts, Vives, um, everything, every every headset, and and what? that's that's cool. You can see every headset playing its own role, uh, and 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 that's awesome. I mm. think, yeah. So you mentioned also, I don't know if it was because when we were talking about this privately, but um, there were headsets out there that you'd never seen before. And there was one yes. that kind of stood out for you, right? Yeah. As being quite impressive. Yeah, it's called uh, 3D glasses. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's solid. And I think if you really want to have it, you could import one from China. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I can tell you, like, while I was on this trip, I tried so many headsets I never heard of before that are super big there, but are only, you know, made for the Chinese market, especially if a, a Chinese company makes a headset and it's more for the consumer market, they they tend to maybe stay in China because why not? I mean, it's such a big country. It's not like you really have to expand. Mm. Uh, but uh, the, I haven't seen a Pimax 5K there or an 8K. Those were all 4K uh, Pimaxes, and right. some of them got upgraded with light tracking. Some of them were just, you know, not positional tracked at all because the 4K is not a positional tracked yeah. uh, headset. Um, so they upgraded those um, with all kinds of gadgets. So did you see um, uh, any Star VR headsets there? Because they were mainly used in arcades in like Dubai, right? No. No, I haven't seen those. Oh. I haven't seen those. But this park, when I entered, uh, it was like two weeks old. Wow. So it's it's so new. I was the first one to even capture it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So if there was like one thing that you took from your trip in terms of like, because VR adoption is clearly bigger in 
the that sort of market, the Asian market, right? Yes. What what do you think we could learn from like in a Western market from from Asia in terms of like driving VR adoption? Do you think it's arcades and like having these theme parks and and the accessibility of actually trying VR, or do you think it's something I, else? Yeah, I I think the trying part is is super super duper important. Also, maybe willing to take that just that extra step. Yeah. That might be a bit risky. Uh, of course, for us, that's a different story because uh, the yeah. government doesn't help us to uh, have a long-term vision and support our projects for a longer uh, a longer time. Um, yeah. But I think that extra little bit of spice to it might uh, let your like company stand out if you, you know, develop something. So you think also it's like a cultural thing that they're more willing to try stuff that's on the cutting edge out there than, than maybe we oh, yeah. are in the Western market. But right? they're also used to like all the stuff that we are sometimes mind blown with is something they already have seen years ago yeah. uh, because they, you know, they advance so fast. Yeah. So, well, here I think VR creators are still struggling to advertise it and get all kinds of people in there for a, a, a longer amount of time. Mm. There, it's like it just happens by itself. People come in there, and and I, I saw so many families going there too with their kids. I, that's I I think that that arcades in the Western market have a very specific audience. Well, in China, it's more a broad audience. It's like, hey, you know, we could go to a swimming pool today. We could go to, I don't know, we could uh, uh, golf, or we could just go to a VR theme park. It's yeah. like like one of the like options you would go for. Right. Well, here it's like most people don't even know a VR theme park or a VR arcade is a thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, if we've got any comments or questions for for Nathie in the chat, any any sort of questions about his experiences when for, for Mal, the, Malfoy? He looks like Malfoy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I started this now. Yeah. Yes, I'm damaged forever. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There were, yeah, there were a lot of people like also like saying like, you know, how, how would it look like, you know, in thousand years from now, like maybe a little bit shorter than that, like uh, how people look at like, you know, these kind of things and it made me, made me think of uh, one thing as well. I don't know if you guys saw that movie about, uh, I think it's like a bunch of uh, Russians uh, that may, or Ukrainians that make like a, a movie about like how virtual reality looks like the outside. <laughs> you ever seen oh, all right yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah i, I did yeah yeah, funny yeah. One. yeah. Doing cool you should look it up i'm not going to show it on the stream because it's maybe not really safe for work uh <laughs> but uh, it's it's quite hilarious um to to watch that yeah. one um okay you can find uh, chinese stuff on aliexpress i saw that as well yeah okay. that's true yeah yeah okay but that's of course like like filtered in a way um also, something I thought was cool is that when people went to this VR arcade, they also had the option to uh, go to the museum because there was this big warehouse where they had all these experiences, but they had even a bigger warehouse that was bigger than the arcade. And that was a museum where you could see all the, like the Oculus Rift DK1, people could learn about VR and really uh, follow a timeline and see like, hey, what's going on uh, with VR right now and what happened in the past. And those kind of things, where do you see that? That's only something you see in China. And even at the arcade, they should have showed a futuristic version of the arcade, how it was going to look in 10 years. So you were walking through a room with holograms everywhere and they were like, this is how it's going to look. So you saw like this, this high-speed train and you saw these, these drones flying around everywhere and this arcade was in the middle of a 
blooming futuristic city that doesn't even exist yet. And that's something that they, they really know how to combine everything together and give people this thrill. Um, and I think the most funny part was the shop because they also had a shop. And what do you guys think they were selling in this shop? What do you think? Souvenirs. Yeah, but what? What kind of souvenirs? I don't know, like snacks and stuff. Snacks? Yeah, food? Rowdy, what do you think? Virtual reality arcade machines. Whoa. <laughs> That's very specific and expensive, but okay. No, um, well, um, food, yes, in a way. Um, not arcade machines. You can like buy your own arcade machine uh, from Beat Saber. I wanted to get that arm. Uh, well, if you want to know how much a Beat Saber arcade is, um, they told me that it's around 10,000 um, for the entire package. I think a PC would also be included in that. Uh, uh, I think that's uh, that's uh, that's an okay price. I think so, yeah. But it's also because they they use a mixed reality headset, and it's not it's not the most expensive uh, thing. But yeah, I I thought they were going to sell uh, some VR headsets, some souvenirs like T-shirts of their of their VR theme park and maybe some some action figures and or, or maybe like uh because they had like a a dinosaur experience like sell some dinosaurs for kids and things like that um but no uh, that was not the case first of all they were selling these um um it's like a segway but then without uh you just stand on it the hoverboard Okay, yeah. yeah. They were selling a lot of hoverboards. <laughs> they were selling some VR headsets, but those were those, you know, kind of like VR box uh, ones where you put mm-hmm. your phone in. Yeah. But not that much. They were selling vacuum cleaners, like Roombas. <laughs> yeah, they were what? selling Roombas. Uh, that, was selling... Kind of, that was going to be my second guess, though, to be fair. Like, yeah, vacuum cleaners. Yeah. And, and, and they were selling puzzles. Um, it was like a toy store, like you would go to with a mix of things. And, wow. and, and I was like, why why that? Like, why not merchandise? But then, then I realized that, first of all, this park is so new, so they're still learning. And they just, you know, they built this warehouse super big. And they're like, oh, we also need a shop. What do we need to put it in there? And they just put something in there. And after a while, after all, they will learn what people buy and what they don't buy. And then they can change it up again. So some of the things you're like, it doesn't work yet, but it will over time. And... It does make sense. If you are like a family in China is different than a family in Europe or the US. So it might be that a family goes there and one of the kids wants to buy a puzzle and the other one wants to buy a vacuum cleaner. I don't know. <laughs> that could, could make sense because otherwise, why would they put it there? It's not like they, they just put random stuff there. So it could be that someone is like after a, a day of VR, like a VR theme party, they're like, hmm. I want to buy a vacuum cleaner, like a, a well, Roomba. It's very obvious well, like, that that vacuum cleaner has been bothering you for quite some time. Like, why yeah. would you a vacuum? Actually, it was just like the the, the place, the, the thing they used to like, <laughs> clean the entire place. Like, but I can buy it. Like, yeah, they're probably thinking like, I'm so exhausted at a day at the theme park, I can't even bear thinking about vacuuming like manually at home. Look, they yeah. have exactly what we need: a Roomba. Yeah, Perfect. but don't don't underestimate the fact that uh, people in China love to shop and they want to buy the latest stuff. And you need to know, like, a lot gets made in China, right? So they yeah. get a lot of gadgets and they get a lot of stuff. So they, they are all over the place with buying things while we are more like, hmm, I need a new pair of underwear. And then you search for it or you order them online. Well, in China, they really go to places and they really want to shop and they see it as a fun activity. Uh, well, sometimes, I don't know, like my mom, for example, 
doesn't see like shopping as the most fun thing. It's more like a serious uh, thing. Like I need to buy this now. Here's my list and let's finish it off. Well, there it's more of like a social activity too. So okay. even that, yeah, a Roomba might sound weird if you start thinking about it more. Uh, it might make sense, but I do hope Actually, they will sell it, some merchandise. It makes perfect sense because uh, the Matt Hatter just figured it out. He said in chat, when the wife sends you out to go and buy a new vacuum cleaner, you can first go and play some virtual reality. Yeah, that's true. Perfect. perfect. That is true. Yeah, that's true. That does make sense. So yeah, that's kind of my, uh, my uh, that was my other adventure at this VR uh, theme park. And I will also upload a video of that. I did a tour and uh, I met the person who uh, runs the arcade and he uh, toured me around. They even wrote an article about me. Uh, they made like photos and videos. They were super excited I was there because uh, in China, there is no VR content creator who is doing it full time. So seeing people like us wow. come there, that publish content uh, on a daily base is something they love. And um, when they, when I uh, when I told them about my subscriber count, they were like, "Oh, that's small. It's very small." <laughs> For yeah, them, that's thanks, like super thanks, tiny, guys. extremely yeah. tiny. <laughs> but I was so, like, I'm, "I'm the biggest one," so it's still pretty impressive. But they they agreed on that after they saw my Titanic video. At least they were like, "Whoa, whoa, amazing, amazing." <laughs> So let us know in the comments if you've got any questions for us or Nathy about his trip to Asia while I sort of round up the show times again. So just a reminder, uh, it's a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and on Twitch. Tune into the show at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US or check out the audio version on iTunes, SoundCloud and Anchor. Uh, thank you for joining us in the chat today. Again, we always appreciate you joining us live, getting involved in the comments. Yeah, We've had a busy show, actually. We've talked about loads of stuff. Asgard's Wrath, Dirt Rally 2.0 coming to uh, to VR, and of course, your adventures in Asia. So it's been a yes. jam-packed episode this week. And I want to thank everyone for the for the thousand likes on our Facebook page. We really appreciate it. If you want to follow us there, we do have a Facebook page. 100. Uh, 100. 100. Not a thousand? <laughs> Oh, I yeah, made a mistake. That's probably, that's yeah, next week. That's that's next. Make week. it a thousand. Yeah, sorry, that was a hundred. It did. It, it does sound cooler though. But hey, uh, we're we're getting there. But yeah, just letting you know that we do have a Facebook uh, uh, page and we also have a Twitter account. Uh, they are, as far as I know, in the description uh, below as well. And um, yeah, thanks so much for all the support. I mean, I'm so happy we got these thousand. Uh, subscribers on 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 youtube uh it feels like our podcast is becoming more mature maybe not not in what we say sometimes but uh, just the, the way <laughs> it, you know um it, it feels like a family like you guys as well like listening and and and, and watching it, it's great you know and we we see it uh, uh coming more to life and we spend so much time into this this podcast uh, and we have always been very patient you know we we never went for hey we want to have the most successful podcast we want to you know be crazy crazy booming uh, uh, with our VR talk show no we, we really wanted to just express what we feel about the VR industry and what we think and that's our main goal you know and everything that comes with that uh, if that's a thousand subscribers or a hundred likes on Facebook that's that's a second for us most important is just sharing the excitement of VR with everyone here and just answering those questions. And it's it's just amazing to see everyone coming back every week and be like, hey, there there they are again, you know? And we are also like, hey, yes, let's do this. Let's, you know, 
so I'm, I'm gonna cry like yeah i know like a, a i know but i already. it's it's you know the the podcast for me personally and i'm sure for you guys as well means a lot yeah and uh yeah. it's like a family uh thing now for sure for sure highlight of the week every week me up with you guys just talking about vr and geeking out for an yeah. hour and half geeking sometimes out. longer yeah <laughs> it's just those personalities together makes it so so spicy so fun so interesting and uh, uh, I, I, it's only getting better from here. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, just just if you if you are watching and you haven't haven't or listen you're listening and you haven't subscribed yet, um, maybe give it a try uh, for a few weeks. See if you like it. If not, unsubscribe. If you if you want to stay, you know we 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 uh, um, you know accept you with open arms. Yes. Yes. So any final questions before we uh, we sign off and say goodbye for this week? It was uh, Norman that was asking, are VR arcades actually profitable? Are they making money or breaking EV? I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you know, Nathie, but it might be a bit too early to say. I, I, I think it's too early. And uh, as I said before, in China, they have a long-term vision. So they, they don't want to uh, make money straight away. They want to build it up first. I think in a Western market, yeah, straight away. If you launch your arcade, survival of the fittest. You just gotta gotta make it happen or not. Uh, well, over there, it's like they can have an arcade for a year and no one no one comes there, and it doesn't really matter. The big difference, though, is that, um, like you said, the the arcades and the startups out there are being funded by the government, who are really pushing yes. and backing emerging technologies like VR. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, whereas that doesn't really happen anywhere else in the world. No. No. You need to pay it from your own. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also see someone asking if we are going to uh, Facebook F eight. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I don't I don't think so. Um, but I, I do think so either. expect to uh, hear more about the Oculus Quest there. Of course, yeah. That and may, I would imagine that's where it's getting launched or like announced. I would highly, uh, I would, I would put money on it that that's going to be launched during F eight, yeah. uh, just like the Oculus Go was. Um, we'll probably live stream something like we did last oh, year, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's um, if we don't end up going personally, but I doubt that we're going to be going. But we want to. Yeah. Do you want to? <laughs> of course. So if Always. anyone wants us to cover the event. Uh, then uh, yeah, you know, you know where to find us. Yep. All right. Yep. That's okay. It. Cool. Well, thank you for all of you uh, for joining us this week. Yes. Have a great week in VR. We'll be back as always next week at the usual time. So until then, have a great week in VR and bye bye for now. Bye bye.